Hey, y'all, y'all know what time it is. It's the Buy Back Black Business of the Week. Of course, because it's Black History Month, we're coming with two every week. And make sure, you know, we get our people out there and, you know, we, we get our, um, we, we, we bring our numbers and our stocks up in our community. Uh, the first Black business, Buy Back Business of the Week is, is uh, uh, somebody who's been around since 2013. Um, his name is Tope Anatana. Anatana. It's Tope Anatana. I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, sir. Um, he is the CEO and founder of Calendy. Calendy. Y'all know I struggle with my uh, my speech impediment, but Calendy. Calendy. It is the scheduling app for events, meetings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It is a black-owned app. This man has. The, the the app alone has has raised about three hundred and fifty million, um, pushing their value even past that by by three billion, um, all over the place as a great entrepreneur, someone who has um, gained a lot of popularity. It, it it the app just helps. It help it helps to keep your life organized. And if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're just a teacher, or if you're a podcaster or or a social media um, uh, starlet or whatever you are, this app just helps to keep everything organized and and concise and and, and virtual too. Um, I have used the app a few times um, in meeting other people to be guests on here and everything like that. And I'm then never knew it was black owned. Now that I do, I am definitely going to download it and I am definitely going to. Um, Start using it a lot more to schedule things because, I mean, got to support. You got to love to see a black man um, creating revenue for him and his family and and, and creating such a, a useful platform and something positive. It's always great to see that. So congrats to you, sir. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Please create more apps and we need more people in the, the tech world um, to, 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 to help us. <laughs> And keep us moving as in a digital age. So, so grateful for him. The second one is, oh, well, men are winning today. <laughs> the second um, entrepreneur is Chef Anthony Thomas from Washington, D.C., um, who created a vegan cookbook for children. It was inspired by him bonding with his own child over quarantine and um, just the joy of him cooking and her going to the grocery store with him and being so excited about watching her father cook. Uh, and he's vegan. So he just decided, you know, to to create that bond and that time with his daughter and to just create a simple cookbook, that simple meals that kids can do um, along with their parents during quarantine to have some fun and to create better healthy eating habits. Um, the book is called The Little Vegan Chef. Um, and it's so cute. It's a little girl on the front of it and kind of favors his daughter. Um, you just love to see it. Um, and, and a father and daughter bonding is beautiful. So shout out to you, uh, Chef Anthony Thomas. You can find his book on his Instagram at Chef Anthony Thomas, or you can also go to www.chefanthonythomas.com and purchase his book, purchase his book and see if he can, uh, he can come, you know, chef for you or something like that. Um, so shout out to these two great men out here doing the thing. Let's support our black business and let's get to the show. Mind 
Right. So because of that, um, um, she became just, just this really iconic, uh, character, you know what I'm saying? Caricature. So it drew baby Esther's, um, the actual person, um, her, her vocal stylings and the, how animated she was and just everything about her drew attention of an actress named Helen Kane, um, who then stole, um, baby Esther's trademark sounds and, and style and image. And it's crazy because, you know, a lot of times people do not associate, uh, Esther Jones, baby Esther with being the original inspiration for Betty Boop. And, um, you know, she even died, not, um, she died not even being recognized for her contributions, for being this inspiration for her, her very unique vocal styling and, and, um, uh, and you know, and even her baby style, even in her vocal styling didn't get her mainstream attention, but still didn't even get her any type of notoriety as being this iconic, um, this iconic character. And it just sucks because a lot of time in our black history, we find that out a lot that we set the trends and they get appropriated or they get stolen. Um, and people try to claim it as theirs, but you know, I just wanted to highlight, you know, Esther Jones. And even though she is no longer, uh, with us, just wanted to still, uh, put it out there that she is the original Betty Boop. Um, and that, you know, I hope now she can get her flowers and that she is remembered um, in our minds as being, you know, a great individual uh, who who had a very unique singing style. And it has now been captured for the rest of life within an amazing, um, iconic character. So, you know, a little something. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the show. So I'm sorry if you can't hear me or if you hear some noise in the background. There is construction going on near my house, but okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about uh, aging a little bit. So like I told you guys, I turned 29 on Wednesday and it got me really to thinking this week about age. You know, I grew up pretty fast um, due to circumstances. And for a long time, I felt like um, I was a lot older than I really was and how I carried myself, how I handled situations, how I just had to be more responsible. Um, and, and like towards the, like my last five years of my twenties, um, I really tried to slow down and enjoy life more and like really enjoy my youth because well, I was always told, um, your twenties are considered your youthful years. You know, you're no longer really a kid, but you're not quite yet an adult. Like you're trying to figure everything out in your 20s. That's when you're supposed to mess up and you're supposed to do all types of crazy and spontaneous things. And you're supposed to really, really live. Like I remember my best friend told me she was like, um, cause I was still doing track and I was kind of struggling. And she was like, Dominique, you're not going to do this for the rest of your 20s. Like you haven't even really enjoyed your 20s yet, you know? And it got me to thinking, and then I was like, ah, oh, you know, am I really in this anymore? Am I just doing it because I feel obligated? And that's why I eventually, a part of the reason why I ended up retiring. But, like, 
it's always that notion of your 20s are your youthful, explosive years. Those are the years that you just have fun and you figure things out and you have life. So naturally, when I'm coming up on my 29th year of life, my final year, my final hoorah of my youth, I got a little scared. Like, seriously, it, it's, it's, it's a personal fear of mine that it's the last year of my youth, my last hoorah before the demands of life really start to take over my life, you know, and, and it's not, you know, for so many years, society has made us scared of 30 and it's really because 30 like signifies to me, it signifies like really having to start adulting. Now, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of people do not start adulting at 30. Trust me. I get it. Some people are late bloomers, but it's always been this conception of because your twenties are your hoorah years or, you know, the years that you mess up and, you know, you learn a lot when you hit 30, you're starting getting closer to like, you know, 40 and 50, you got to get it together. And that's when you really start adulting. Right. So before my birthday, there was the pressure of, did I completely enjoy my younger years? Did I live through the years? Did I experience what it is to be young? Did I squander um, what's considered my growing years on, on, stu- on stupid things or, or people? Like all those fears consumed me the night before my 29th birthday to the point I cried. I like broke down and I was just like, what? Like, why is it that I feel that way? Why is it that this is overtaking me so much? Why is it that I have a fear of moving forward, right? So you guys know me. I had to look it up because I just knew that this had to be something psychological because, I mean, it was boggling my mind. It was taking me over. I just had to know why am I scared to move out of my 20s? Why am I nervous to go into my 30s? Like, what is it? Like, where's the fear? So, y'all know me. I love me some psychology today. <laughs> and I got on there and I, you know, I did the research. I did the work. And um, I found this article that talked about um, why we're scared of aging, the fear of aging. And the the author, well, doctor, said that there are five reasons as as to where there are, sorry, there are five reasons of why we are fearful of aging and becoming older. So of course, after reading the article, I had to share with you guys. I had to uh, express it because I know I'm not the only young person who, who, who fears getting older. The crazy part is a lot of the generation of these kids now, they think they're old at the age of 18. Like, they're like, oh, I'm old. I'm grown. And the funny thing is I tell my students, I still don't feel grown. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 29 and I still do not feel grown. And and that's come, that's probably where a lot of my anxiety comes from. I still don't feel like I'm adulting right. I still don't feel like I'm doing this adult thing right or, or that, I'm, that I'm really succeeding at it. Um... You know, based off society standards, like, and here they are, 18-year-olds telling me, oh, I'm grown, Coach Dama, I'm grown, I'm grown, I'm grown. And I'm like, you're not. You're a baby who wants to be grown. And I tell kids all the time, like, don't rush growing up. I was never a kid that wanted to rush growing up. I had to grow up due to circumstances. But even then, I wanted to, like, really be a kid and really enjoy um, 
you know, kid thing. So when I went to college, I made sure I had a great time and then I made up for that lost time, you know, but I was a college athlete. So I still had to have responsibilities and I still had to be held accountable and I still had to carry myself in a way that was professional. So, you know, I still, to me, feel like I haven't really had that whole the whole kid kid experience for real for real but you know that's neither here nor there i just think it's amazing how like not amazing but i think it's interesting how these kids nowadays think they're so grown just because uh their birth certificate says they're 18 but they have no idea what goes into um actually growing up like if you ask how many adults really don't want to be grown we don't want to be grown like I remember, and I'm getting to the things in a minute, but I remember telling my mom, like, I used to see adults, like, drinking and stuff, and I used to be like, oh, that's so cool, like, you know, to be an adult is to stay up late and to drink and to, like, drive and go wherever you want to go. Nobody tells you anything, like, you just do whatever you want. You have freedom. Like, that's cool. And then now that I'm an adult, legally, I realize why some adults drink so much, you know what I'm saying? I realized why some adults like did some of the things they did that I saw when I was growing up and that it wasn't all healthy things. It wasn't always because they were happy. You know what I'm saying? Somebody is telling you what to do. You know, there isn't the freedom to do whatever you want to do. You have obligations and you have responsibilities. Like that is adulting. But as a kid, we think adulting is just like staying up late and watching X-rated, I'm not X-rated, Lord, R-rated movies. I mean, X-rated too, if you want to, but no, being adult is responsibilities, pressure, and all these other things that I did not expect. I told, I told my therapist the other day when I talked to her, I was like, man, I wish somebody would have wrote a book about adulting and would have let me know what I was getting myself into because I just feel so unprepared. You know how you ever go into a test, you go into a class and your teacher say pop quiz and you're like, what? I'm not prepared. That's what I feel like. <laughs> That's what I feel like my 20s, especially the last four years of my 20s have been like. It's like I'm not prepared for the test that's presented in front of me. Like I be telling kids, man, I just got my first car last year, March. And it's been so much, <laughs> so much responsibility and stress. You know what I'm saying? Like, like car insurance. And thank God I paid my car in full. So it's mine. But car insurance is something rent, you know. Get into work. The days you don't want to go to work, you can't just call out sometimes. You got to go to work. Like, there's things that, oh, my gosh. Adulting just, adulting just really sucks. But, you know, I, I just try my hardest to keep it going. But, yeah, so let's get into these five reasons of why um, people fear growing up. And you might actually find that this, that hits you. So, like, really pay attention to this because somebody's like, whoa, it hit me really quick. All right, so. Um, the first reason of why, uh, there is a fear of growing up is the separation from parents or other individuals who prove, who provide a sense of security, right? So as you're becoming an adult, you're assuming a new identity, right? You're no longer so-and-so's child. You're no longer so-and-so's brother and sister. You're becoming your own person. You know what I'm saying? You're walking in your own identity, um, You're starting your own quote-unquote version of life. Yes, you are are still so-and-so's child or so-and-so's brother and sister or so-and-so's niece and nephew, but those are now subcategories of your life. You know what I'm saying? Because 
once you you hit 18 and society says hey you're an adult now you're assuming a new identity of i have to fend for myself right so your new identity starts to form you're establishing a new relationship within yourself or with somebody else or um just things are coming like uh, uh, at you you know that fear is separating from individuals who provided you that security you feel lost in fear and you try to reconnect to something that you could be dependent upon. Uh, so a lot of times that when people get older, they gravitate to uh, uh, depending on a, a significant other or depending on their parents still because they don't want to sit there and take the responsibility of I can no longer lay in the nest. Right. Interesting thing about birds is that they nurse their children, they care for their children, they feed, you know, you see the bird moms, they regurgitate, they, they swallow the food, you know, break it down, regurgitate it up into their baby's mouth. But when it comes time for their child to grow up and when it comes time for their child to take that leap and move forward, they push them out the nest. They push them out the nest so they can start to assume um, um, their own identity. They can start to open up their own wings and fly on their own because they have to, you know, they have to take that step forward. They have to, um, uh, uh, take up their own wings. They can't be carried anymore. That's basically what happens at the age of 18. The law says technically your parents no longer have to care and provide for you. So they can push you out the nest. That's scary. I no longer have my safety net. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm out here in a world where I know a little bit about the world because I can see it from my, my guardian or my parents' eyes. But me now having to experience that, ooh, that's fearful. I don't want to. So a lot of times what people do instead of growing up and taking that new identity and running with it and, you know, experiencing, they say, oh, I don't know what to do. This is all I know. They revert backwards. And try to find that sense of security and somebody to cater for them and to take care of them and, and, and baby them, spoil them. You know what I'm saying? And you can't do that. As an adult, you have to move forward and you have to stand on your own two feet. You can't have mommy and daddy, like, you know, carrying you. You know what I'm saying? So that that's one of the fears. And I don't really feel like that's one of mine, <laughs> but I can understand why somebody would feel that way. You know what I'm saying? So the second reason is a fantasy is preferred. Um, it's a defense mechanism that you use over reality. Usually happens during childhood when one tries to suppress or disassociate from a painful event or things that happen to them. They want don't they don't want to grow up because they're living in a fantasy world in their head, right? So let me break it down for an example and I'll use my personal life, right? Okay, so for the longest, and this is the, this doesn't have to do with growing up. This this example that I'm using just shows like how you can use a fantasy as a defense mechanism, right? So I was molested when I was younger um, by somebody close to me, and in my mind, because I didn't understand what was going on, and because it was so confusing, I suppressed it down inside of me. I disassociated it with me, and I act like it never existed. Honestly, I just talked about it the first time uh, when I was 27. I think it's the first time I even mentioned something of it, and this is something that happened when I was six years old, right? Now, 
I disassociated myself from it and I suppressed it deep down inside of me and I replaced it with a fantasy, right? I then just said, oh, me and the person were just playing, you know, it's nothing out of the ordinary. I, you know, that person means everything to me. I look up to them. They're my role model, all the stuff like that. Like I created this fantasy in my head of what really happened when in actuality, something bad happened to me. In my head, I turned it into butterflies and rainbows and unicorns. That way, I don't have to live in the reality that somebody close to me hurt me. Somebody close to me violated me. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of times when we go through traumatic experiences, we go through something, we suppress ourselves and dissociate ourselves from what happened to us, right? And we create this fantasy inside our head. Now, move it into the fear of growing up. A lot of times we don't want to grow up because we don't want to face reality. We don't want to leave that fantasy world and actually deal with the things that, 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 that we have to deal with. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't want to have to deal with some pain, you know, that, that we, we have unresolved. And that's the thing. We have unresolved um, pain inside of us that we don't want to deal with. So in order to not deal with it we create this fantasy world or we create this um this 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 uh imaginary like place this facade in order to keep us stagnant and 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 it doesn't allow us to grow up because we don't want to let go of that because we don't want to face what's on the other end of that and that's dealing with um uh, some unresolved issues that we might have right so that is a fear of growing up having to actually diminish your fantasy and actually have to deal with reality of life, right? Being vulnerable. Um, and, and that one is crazy because a lot of times we always tell people like, we always say like, why are they acting like that? Why, uh, why so-and-so, um, um, live in this fantasy world? It seems like they just don't live in reality. It's a real thing. You know, it's a way for you to protect yourself, but It doesn't mean that it's healthy all the time. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that it's it's good for you. It can become addictive because anything that happens to you that you don't like or that you don't want to deal with it, you create this fantasy world and land and then you're losing touch with reality and and, and you're not really living in the moment. Once again, you're acting like a, a zombie. You know what I'm saying? And you're skirting around the issues. And there's nothing worse than skirting around issues that you have because eventually they're going to come to the surface and you're going to have to face them because they're going to hit you in your face. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what we talk about dealing with past trauma and dealing with things that we hold on top of us. Trust me, I've been, I, I did not say anything about what happened to me until I was 26, 27, right? And even then, it was so much anger I had to deal with and so much resentment and so much and so much like, oh, so much pain that I felt that I did not know what to do. But I know I had to sit in it and I had to deal with it. And I've been talking to my, my, um, my therapist about it. I talked to my mom about it. And I'm just now coming to terms with that. I can because I took the mask off. Because I took the filter, that's the word, because I took the filter off of the situation and I'm really looking at it and I'm working through it, it's going to help me get it off my shoulders so that I don't carry this through the rest of my life and project it out and just, and, and have it define me so I can actually grow up. Cause here's the thing, when you deal with trauma at a young age and you suppress it, 
You never really truly move on from that aspect. So in some aspects of myself, I'm still that six-year-old little girl who's confused and doesn't understand what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Or who's still struggling inside of her. And, and, and in order for me to grow up, I have to talk to the six-year-old me and say, girl, it's all right. You survived. You're okay. But we got to move past this. We have to heal and we have to grow up. Because I can't keep moving on through life having that six-year-old little girl dictate my life. Having that six-year-old little girl determine the decisions I make in life. We wonder why we say people are so immature and why people act so childish and why, and why, and why they can't seem to grow up. It's because a lot of people are dealing with childhood trauma that's deep and buried inside of them and they don't want to address it. Yeah, I might be looking at a 34-year-old person in front of me, but inside is a four-year-old man who was who 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 I don't know what was, was 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 abused by his parents. And he can't, that four-year-old inside of him can't move past that because it's been suppressed. The four-year-old inside of him can't move on. So yeah, I, I I'm looking at a 34, and this is just an example, guys. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. But um, yeah, I'm looking at a 42-year-old woman in front of me. But the 14-year-old her is still broken inside because it's a situation she didn't deal with. It's time to take the fantasy off, the filter off, right, and deal with it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a tangent about that. But like, that just really proves a lot. Like, we, 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 we do it to defend ourselves. Like, a lot of time in the slave days, like, there was so much things that happened to us and happened to our ancestors and our people, and we suppressed it. You know what I'm saying? We we use it to defend ourselves and just make it through. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, if you hear a lot of those Negro spirituals, it's talking about how I got over just to make it by, just to get through. They were trying to cope the best way they could. And a lot of them died without dealing with that trauma and dealing with what they've been through. Like it was something that we have to deal with. We have to start to break down. The trauma and heal. We have to address the younger us that is trapped inside our soul or who just wants to be let free. That's when we truly can grow up from that. Right? Let me move on because I can say that forever. <laughs> I can say that forever. Okay. Um, the third fear of growing up is the threat of feeling alone. Now, hear this out. It's not about loneliness. It's not about not having a significant other. It's the threat of feeling alone. Right. The fear of being independent, uh, the fear of being an independent, authentic adult makes you aware of the painful, existential issues in your life. You know what I'm saying? Existential means problem of human existence. It makes you question things and, and that have gone on in your life. Right. Um, this fear of being alone is, uh, is, is equivalent to the fear of standing out because being st- standing out and, and, and being alone requires vulnerability, right? Um, I was explaining to somebody before it's, oh, wait, it's also the fear of being ostracized from the tribe, which emotionally is equivalent to being left to die. Think of it like this. When a pack of wolves run together, right? Why do they run together? They run together because they can protect each other in big numbers rather than by themselves, right? So a lot of animals uh, uh, travel in herds or in packs or, or even we always say it takes a village to raise a child. You know what I'm saying? Like that. We, we gather around to protect one another, right? 
Growing up, we said before, means detaching yourself from your nest, detaching yourself from from your 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 home of security, right? It means putting yourself out there in the forefront, leaving your tribe and being vulnerable. Right? Nobody wants to be ostracized. Nobody wants to be singled out. Nobody wants to feel like they're completely by themselves. Because it makes you feel as if you're vulnerable and something can come in and kill you. And I mean that, I mean, I mean, I don't mean it to that extreme, but I'm saying like, if a wolf is tri- traveling by itself, it most likely will be more fearful because it does not have its tribe. It does not have its, its, its protective um, 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 covering over them, right? To, to make sure that, that the battle will be won or that he won't die. He's by himself facing his issue, facing his problem, facing the predator that's standing in front of him. Right now, if the wolf is traveling in packs, there's more of a confidence. There's more of a security that I'm going to be okay. And I won't be left out here to die because I have a covering over me. I have armor that is my people in my tribe around me. So the fear of getting older is the fear of being alone. The fear of having to face everyday life by yourself. When you come home, it's you, you, and you. You, you, and you. You can't call somebody to come handle your battles at work. You can't call somebody to handle uh, uh, your baking situation. It requires you. You ever realize when you're an adult, they say, we need you to come down and show us that it's you. We need to see your identification. We need to hear from you. We need to hear your voice. It's things that you have to do as an adult that you have to stand there on your own two feet and address it face on. You can't just hide behind another group of people. You can't just hide behind a security blanket. You can't hide behind a tribe. You have to face it head on, dead on by yourself. And that is scary because that means you are open to the world. You are open for criticism. You are open for, 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 for anything to come in and infiltrate you and hurt you because you are vulnerable. And being vulnerable is the most scary feeling in the world because it feels like anything that can come towards you can literally end your life figuratively and physically and mentally and emotionally. Seriously. Being vulnerable is not comfortable. That's why so many times we scurry to feel comfortable. We don't want to branch out into new things because that uncomfortability, that unknown feeling is not cool to us. It doesn't make us feel great. It, 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 it's downright just ugly and gross. And who wants to feel that when I can feel comfort and I can feel love and I can feel something that I'm used to? You know, the main thing a lot of people say is that's all that I'm used to or that's all that I know. I'm guilty of saying that a lot myself. That's all that I know. That's all I'm used to. That's what I'm accustomed to. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to, how to, how to do this adulting thing. Well, guess what? Nobody does. We're all out here trying to make it work the best way we know how. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we succeed. That's life. That is truly adulting. I'm starting to figure that out more and more. That is adulting. My failures and my success. There is no blueprint of how to make this life 
perfect because there is no perfect thing. All you have to do is know that you got to trust yourself. You got to bet on yourself. You got to gird yourself up and you got to try. Try is a verb. It means to do. It's an action. It's not enough just to say something. You got to really act upon it. You got to try. Yeah, guess what? I might not know how to, uh, how to uh, 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 change a tire, but guess what? I'm going to figure it out. If I, can't, if I can't get it to mechanic, I'm going to figure it out. A lot of time, first time mothers, they don't know how to be moms, but they do the research. They try to take the classes. They reach out to people who, who have knowledge. They just don't say, oh, I don't know how to be a mother and just be like, ah, forget it. I mean, some do, but more than, but more than enough, some people actually like, no, I'm going to figure this thing out. Because life threw me a curveball and now I'm going to take that thing and throw it right back. Boom. But because we have that fear of being an actual, independent, authentic adult, we become aware of our shortcomings. We become aware of the things that we're not equipped with. And don't no soldier want to go into no battle without their equipment. You want to feel armed. You know what I'm saying? But just because... You don't feel armed and you feel vulnerable, but doesn't mean that you cease growing up and you cease existing. You have to go through those growing pains. They call it growing pains for a reason. They call it growing pains for a reason because it's downright uncomfortable, but it's necessary. It's necessary. Sorry, y'all. I, I, I'm getting so amped up because it's like I've had to not only am I talking to y'all, but I'm 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 really speaking into myself and I'm really trying to actively trying to push myself more into accepting these truths and to accepting the fact that it's not going to always be perfect and I have to be all right with that. I told y'all before, I really have the fear of the unknown and I don't like not knowing what's coming next. And, um, and sometimes because of that, it, 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 it causes me to do irrational things or it causes my brain to spit out of control or I work myself up. I stress myself out. I get myself sick and I'm really trying to push these ideas and this positive affirmation and, 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 and telling myself it's all right to grow up into my head, Right. So that's why I'm getting so amped up. I know I don't have to apologize to you, but for those who are new, I just want to make sure, hey, I don't, I'm not screaming at you. It's just I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to y'all. And this is really passionate for me right now because this is what I've been dealing with all week, right? Um, so the fourth reason why we have a fear of growing up is that adults have more responsibility. We've said this before. Um, a lot more is required from adults. You know what I'm saying? Um, as you're looked to for, for direction, for support, and sometimes actually parenting, you know, like as a kid, you, you have certain responsibilities, you have chores, um, you have to go to school. If you do a sport, you're expected to, you know, do well at that. But as an adult, you're expected to pay that bill, um, have your own transportation, have a place to live, um, 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 um. You know, being being a voice of, you know, providing advice or direction for for friends or or family members or whatever like that. 
being on your job and, and being present there, uh, you have an obligation to uh, uh, take care of yourself and, and, and make sure you have great upkeeping um, on, on yourself, like your grooming and your hygiene and things like that. You might become a parent. You have to now be responsible for another human being when you barely feel like you got it together yourself. That's more responsibility than it is to have the responsibility of being a child. So a lot of times when it comes to, oh, dang, I'm about to really be an adult or I'm an adult and I got all this responsibility. Once again, it makes you revert backward and focus on your own issues of childhood of, of, of child, your own childhood issues that will never be fulfilled and they will never be resolved because you are no longer that age. Let me tell you this. I might feel like I had to grow up early and I feel like I missed out on some things as a kid. But guess what? Those childhood dependency issues that I have will never be resolved. They will never be fulfilled because I am no longer that age. I'm not 12. You know what I'm saying? I can never go back to being 12. That's physically impossible. So that issue that I have at 12 has to go unfulfilled and unresolved because I'm 29. But here's the blessing in all of it is I can heal from that. I might not be able to go back to being 12 and to deal with that issue and have that issue be fulfilled and, and have that void um, 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 covered. But I can go back and heal from that so that I can be a better me moving forward. I'd be a better person. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it makes sense. Um, the very, very last one deals with death anxiety, right? And that's triggered by negative and positive events. Let's just be honest. When you hit 30, when you hear 30, you hear 40. When you hear 40, you hear 50. When you hear 50, you hear 60. And I know they say 30 is the new 20 and 40 is the new 30. Yeah, that all sounds good. But when you think of it, I'm getting closer and closer to my end days. When you're a kid, well... This is different because, you know, for black America, a lot of times our kids are scared of dying even at the age of five and six, just because, you know, police are shooting us and, you know, you know, we're targets in America, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to get on my soapbox about that. But when you're a child, you don't really think that death is around the corner. That's why it's so shocking when a child dies because it's so unexpected, Right. Here's an example. Cicely Tyson just passed. She was in her 90s, right? It was shocking because she's such a prominent figure in our black history and and, and how great and regal of a woman she is. But it's really not too shocking because she had lived a very, 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 very long life and fulfilling life. And she was in her 90s. For some reason in our society, Our perception is the older you get, the closer you are to death. So as people bring and gain value to their life, the anxiety of their their mortality becomes more apparent. You know, the more close we are to death. And what I mean is mortality is when you're a kid and you're playing around, somebody tells you to be careful because you might get hurt, whatever have you. You don't take it that seriously because you think that as a child, you're in you're you're immortal. You feel like there's nothing that can touch you. You feel like nothing can, can, can break you. You're a kid. You're having fun. You're having a child like mine. But when you become an adult, okay, and when you bring more value to your life, like I could be Dominique. 
That's fine. I'm Dominique. But Dominique in a relationship, I'm bringing more value to my life because now I have a, now I have a partner, right? If something happens to me, my partner has to deal with that anxiety, has to deal with that, that trauma, right? I become a mother. I have a partner and I'm a mother. My child and my partner have to do, have to, um, have to deal with if I pass. That's bringing more value to my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you bring more value, when you bring more awareness to your life, you know what I'm saying? When your life starts to become that more important, it starts to bring the anxiety of, I'm not immortal. I am a mortal being. And that's scary. It gives you anxiety. It, 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 it can mess with you. It can, it can shake you a little bit. But it, it doesn't really have to. Because if we're focusing on living life and, and, and living in a current present, yes, we have those fears. Because let's just be honest, as black people, we have the fears of, of, of death. Because every day we're turning around, another one of us is being gunned down. Yeah, that's true. But if we continue to live in the moment and live our life and, 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 and really grow up, we will see that there's so much more fulfillment in our lives. Like I, I'm going back to Cicely Tyson. I read articles and, and before she passed, she was promoting her book. And she has said that she's lived a very fruitful life. She's ve- lived a very fulfilling life. And that she was content with the life that she lived because, you know, she, she, she lived it. She did it. You know what I'm saying? Like she was okay with whatever life had to present to her moving forward. I really believe she did. She died at peace because she left her legacy. She felt good about that. She grew up. She, she, she poured into others and, and, and she, and she lived a life of value. And of importance in the way she wanted it to go. And the way she felt good for her. That's what it comes down to. Growing up. Growing up. Taking the pacifier and the bottle out of our mouth. And really growing up. Being okay with being adults. Being okay with taking responsibility. Being okay. With being here on this earth and functioning. No longer having to lean on somebody else and making sure that our life um, is operating is because we want it to operate in a certain way. Or our life is, is, is moving forward because of the work that we put in and not because we're depending on somebody else. I don't know about y'all, but I hate depending on other people. I hate feeling like other people have my life and have my security in their hands. It's irritating to me. I want to make sure my life is what it is because Dominique did that. You know what I'm saying? Because Dominique made those choices. Because Dominique wants this for her life. And can't nobody tell me I I can't or whatever have you. That's how I look at it. Growing up is just that growing up. As uncomfortable as it is, it's beautiful because it's a new chapter. And no matter how scary it may be, great things come from it. Great things come up, but you have to be willing to grow up and you have to be okay with the thought of growing up. And really, that is the challenge. It's another part of healing. Growing pains. It's not fun, but it's necessary. 
Imagine if your parents never grew up. Imagine if people in your life never grew up. And they continue to act and operate in a place of immaturity. In a place in a place of, 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 of not adulting. How would that affect you? How would that affect you? We'd be in a vicious cycle of people not growing up, people not taking accountability, people really not being who they're called to be. A vicious cycle that will continue over and over and over and over again until somebody finally stands up and says, I'm here to grow up. I'm ready to be an adult. Even if I'm not ready, even if I don't know how to, I am ready to take on this world. Because I'd be damned if I leave this earth and, 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 and I don't fulfill what I need to fulfill. That's what it comes down to. So, like I said, after I read that article, I really had to sit down with myself and evaluate myself and how I treat myself. And, and I had to really evaluate things I need to take care of. Turning 30 is not like this death of my youth. I'm always still going to be the young me. I'm always still going to be, you know, Dominique is youthful. I'm always going to look super young. The difference is I have to start carrying myself like I have responsibilities. I have to start carrying myself in a certain way and, and, and not be afraid of getting older, not being afraid of, of, of being an adult. Encouraging myself and letting myself know that I might not have a blueprint of this, but I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. And you got to tell yourself that too. You are doing the best you can with the tools that you were given. With the cards that you were dealt, you are making it happen. No longer can you sit back and depend on somebody else. You have to take that stride forward for yourself. How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? When you going to grow up? It's something that we like to say so often to people and we want to chastise people for it. But when are we going to grow up, people? When are we going to start taking accountability and responsibility and walking in this earth the way that we should? When are we going to grow up and be the examples? When are we going to start? I tell you this now. I'm going to be an example for my kids. I'm going to grow myself up so that I can be the best mother that I can be when I have children. And I'm going to show them what real adulting is and how nobody knows how to do it right. But this is how mommy did it so that they don't get to my age and feel like they don't got it and feel like they're lost in the wind and feel like they don't have a grasp on life. Nah, I'm growing up now for the benefit of my future. Because no longer do I want to be pacified. No longer do I want to be babied. I want to be taken seriously as an adult. But in order to be taken seriously as an adult, I have to start acting like one. Fully. Not somewhat. Not sometimes. Adulting is not drinking and smoking and having sex and being able to drive a car and having a license and going out and party. That's not an adult. An adult requires so many other things. And if you want to be taken seriously as an adult, you got to start acting like an adult. You got to be emotionally an adult, maturely an adult. You got to start walking in that thing instead of just talking that thing. Be about it. Do the work. Be who you're called to be. Period.
Ah, <laughs> uh, if I want to be taken seriously as an adult, I got to start acting like an adult. Acting with a sense of maturity. Not reverting back to childish ways when things don't go my way. Not reverting back to childish ways when life gets a little hard. Not reverting back to what I know and what feels comfortable for me because it's uncharted territory. No, if I want to be an adult, I need to start acting like adults, start showing. If I want to be considered an adult, I need to present myself as an adult. Point blank, period. It's time to grow up. Time to grow up for a lot of us. So when we going to start? Hmm. When we going to start? It's the self-care tip of the week. Ah, I love singing that to you guys. But yeah, the self-care tip of the week. And this week's self-care tip um, is kind of um, hitting me close because um, it's something that I've been doing and I've been doing for some time now. And, I, and I'm really loving. I'm really loving it. So, as, and it's quick. Um, this week's self-care tip of the week is to really, um, when, you, when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like, oh, I'm stressed out or you, you're going through something and you just feel like, I need a breakthrough, I need something, redecorate, okay? I don't know about you guys, but there's something beautiful about changing the environment in which I stay. My room is my sanctuary. Like, I don't like lights, right? So my room, I, I have a certain color palette, um, and uh, I, I like the jungle theme. My, my, if you guys haven't noticed, my favorite animal is a leopard. So I'm really into the whole jungly animal type of very, um, that type of aesthetic in my room. So sometimes when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, I'll redecorate my room. That doesn't always mean that I'm sitting there going out there changing everything in my room or um, that I am like, you know, throwing everything away and starting anew. Redecorating is literally whatever it is to you. For me, sometimes it's changing my bed around, rearranging things differently in the room to a certain quote unquote feng shui that like feels good for me. Um, redecorating could just be like getting rid of some old plates and getting some more and changing up the color palette in your, um, in your kitchen. I'm going to tell you guys this right now. It doesn't have to be expensive. Trust me. Um, I decorated my entire kitchen. My kitchen is not that big, but I I decorated my entire kitchen from literally stuff from um, the dollar store, like the actual dollar store. Um, And I I got these. uh, I saw they had these like wine color um, oven mitts and it was supposed to be like a vineyard type of like picture on it for like the stove covers and things like that. So I went off of that. I got the stove covers. I got the, uh, the, the pot holders. I got, um, um, a cutting board that matched. I found some pictures of like flowers and vineyards and, and just like little sayings for like kitchen rules and, 
and little things here and there to kind of add a little flair to the kitchen, all from the dollar store. And it literally made my kitchen come to life. It made it feel like an actual kitchen. It made it a, a, a fun place to be when I'm cooking. I look at all the decorations and I feel as if I'm like, like in my house, in a house house for real. Like I feel so great. My living room has um, a type of um, Arizona desert theme to it where it's like the colors are really like coral and seafoam green and like it's uh like I got I have a can take vases on the floor that are filled with red rocks and have like um some type of desert plant coming out of it I even I showed you guys before when I had a um a cactus um zen garden on the windowsill like every room of mine has a theme and I I keep adding to it rearranging it move my couch around move the tv around just to make myself feel at peace and make myself feel good redecorating is great one of my homegirls I'm like very close homegirls um was so excited because she ordered some stuff on Amazon and she like added just a desk a, a nice little plush chair um and 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 some things to go on top of it and it brought her room together for her it made her feel more at peace she bought some lights like it just brought her peace and just really warmed her heart and made her be like my room is my place you know what i'm saying so i encourage you that as a self care tip redecorate it does not have to be it, it doesn't have to be expensive it can be very inexpensive um and it can be a joyous time. You could sometimes when you're doing it, you can feel yourself feeling that weight brush off your shoulders, you know what I'm saying? Or drop to the floor and you can feel yourself becoming just like peaceful and at peace with everything. That's what you want. That's why the self-care tip, because it can bring you a joy or fulfillment or, or, or a sense of newness that, that you're requiring. I'm telling you guys, like seriously. I'm probably this weekend going to, I'm going, I, I really want a turtle. So I'm going to get a turtle and put it in my room because it's going to go with the green and the black and the gold aesthetics of my room. Like, and, and I'm look I'm loving that. That's going to bring a whole new sense to my room. And that feels great to me. You know what I'm saying? Like take that time to redecorate. It makes a difference. Even if it's just painting a wall. You know what I'm saying? Adding a chalkboard wall somewhere. Adding a I on my on my um on my refrigerator. I have a little chalkboard um sticker thing, you know, that and it just I don't know, it, it just feels really great to redecorate and to make things look a little differently. Um and you come to find out that that brings you the little joys. And it's about the little joys, guys. When you're taking care of yourself, it's about the little things that bring you peace and fulfillment. So I hope that reaches you guys, and I hope it makes you feel a little good and think about it. Remember, the dollar store is your friend. Trust me. That's going to be a whole other episode, but trust me, the dollar store is your friend. <laughs> All right? All right, let's finish this episode. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's always great to, you know, use this platform and really talk about a lot of things. Um, and, you know, I, I sometimes I feel like you guys are like my digital diary other than, you know, my Twitter, um, I can really just come talk to you guys and share some thoughts. And I feel like I really couldn't say anywhere else. I don't have the freedom to. So as always, I thank you guys for just, you know, um, rocking with me, even when there's delays, you know, thank you for rocking with me and just, you know, 
sticking with this platform and sticking with our 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 movement and you know and 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 bringing mental health awareness to everyone so we can be a better um so we can have a better world better community better society you know um uh, <laughs> I always get to this part and forget, even though I say that usually the same thing over and over again, I always forget when I get to this part, what I'm supposed to say next. Hold on. Oh, so you can always reach out to us on social media. I love to hear from you guys. Um, definitely want to hear from you guys. Um, I, I love the messages that come through. I love the DMS that come through the emails, everything like that. Um, really been able to build a lot of connections that way. So please do not hesitate to reach out. Um, um, you can email us at mentalmindbiz, that's B-I-Z, at gmail.com. That's mentalmindbiz, B-I-Z, at gmail.com. You can follow us on all social media platforms at um, underscore mind yo biz. That's mind yo biz, B-I-Z-Z, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, still working on the website. Looking to have that up and running by March. Um um, please like, subscribe the content and, and, and to the podcast so you can get notifications when things happen or um, you can just keep up to date. Um, try to provide as much great content as possible. So I hope you guys really enjoy it. Um, uh, going into a three day weekend for a lot of us because um, I have off from school for Monday. So, yay, um, I work for Monday. So I'm happy about that. But, uh, you know, guys, relax, unwind, enjoy your weekend. I know the weekends are getting super, super quick and it seems like we don't have enough downtime. But, you know, just just really take the time to to like and get in tune with yourself. Like I said, I was able to unplug on my birthday and really just like sit with myself. And it was the most beautiful experience I could ever have and and really helped me to to work through a lot of things so i'm grateful for that um i love you all graciously graciously <laughs> graciously um i appreciate you guys all protect your magic you are beautiful you are loved you are black excellence you are magic okay continue to be as great as you are and don't let anybody stop you all right see you guys next week